Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, monkey imps, daikini babies, magical transformations, Val Kilmer before he got fat, naked old women, and the awesomeness of Warwick Davis. Listener discretion is advised. American Movie Review, episode 85. Out of the way, Peck. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin Movie Review, some podcast inventing reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up. Yes, we're back for another film-filled episode. And as per the last bunch of episodes, we have another guest host, but it's someone who's been around for a while, somebody who's been in a couple episodes, and we've talked about more than one blog entry. Who is it? Tony! Hey guys, how you doing? Yes, fresh from back from his tour, actually back from recording with uh, John Archer Lundgren. Yes, some DVD commentary for Kung Fu and Titties. Yes, uh, check out Odie's website, www.kungfuandtitties.com. To find out more about Kung Fu and Titties, you can read our review on the thing on the website at www.sparkin.com. And check it out. It's a, it's a very, like I said, it's a Picasso-esque picture where, you know, you can look at it just for the lines, but the whole... Thing works out. It's the whole image is what makes it. And also, where else are you going to see an invisible army in Croatians get into a battle? <laughs> it's awesome. And where else are you going to see Bronson Pinchot fart his brains out? Yep. And possibly shit his not, pants. Not <laughs> oh, it's <coughs> it's a, it's a very wonderful movie. And also, stay for the singer. The singer actually is very cool. He was, I don't know, though. Uh, who was that? Sean though? C. Phillips. That was Sean C. Phillips? Yeah, he was, was awesome. He was just like, kind of like, eh. 
I think well, you, you I had... told him to, I told him to play it as a, kind of like a, a uncomfortable, really deranged, masochistic Nazi, and it worked. <laughs> and he kind of played it as like a creepy Nazi, but it worked. Yeah. It worked because it was unsettling and it worked, and also the take off your clothes. Yes, it was forceful like I wanted it, but it was much creepier then. And it adds to that factor. Of, and oh yeah. There's so many other little aspects He's we want cool to talk cool. to, but we're gonna keep that for another episode because I actually want to probably do a special, like do the com- do our own commentary while sure, we watch absolutely. it and get some of the, the data going on. But um, yeah. So what else is new with you? Anything? Well, not too much. Just keeping <coughs> busy trying to get kung fu titties out there, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, DVD, digital, whenever that happens. So. Yeah, so if any of you have money, just contact Odie. I have josephmcconnell.com, which is my blog, or uh, kungfuintitties.com. But no, we're not doing a Kickstarter or anything for for, uh, post-production funds. We'll get it out there. I'm surprised, because now everyone's going to Kickstarter now. After that Veronica Mars thing, everyone's now just... I was thinking about it. I mean, it's not a matter of money. It's really just a matter of fine-tuning a deal right now with people that we're talking to. So, yeah, so hoping that's sooner than later. But. Yeah, we were talking about that before the actual show started, and you know, I hope that one of the companies actually does because it is it's a it's a good investment, I think. I think, and hopefully, if you do apply for Comic Con, you get into it because it's early great. enough, and you know, you set a panel, do that, have some questions, and if you can get Bronson Pinchot on that, that'll be awesome. Yeah, be great. Well, he's busy with his uh, reality show, but yeah, I could reach out to him. Yeah, maybe. I know you guys aren't here to listen to us ramble about this and the other thing, especially since you've, you've been hearing us talk about that one, that only Bioshock Infinite, which I've been playing for so fucking long. I mean, I finished the third run through finally on fucking 1999 mode. Because, did you hear about that? No. Alright, Bioshock Infinite. It's going back to System Shock, which was the original game. Because the original System Shock, System Shock 2, someone else bought it, so they said, we'll make Bioshock. But the point is that it's ungodly hard. So I said, we're going to make 1999 mode, which is ungodly hard. But you have to beat the game to get it. And it's literally... Impossible. It's not impossible. It just was fucking hard. And also with some of the uh, the achievements. Like, there's one achievement where you have to kill one of the handymen out. You've seen him in the trailer, right? Yeah, I played Bioshock. That's great. No, the, uh, well, the handymen are like the big daddies, except that they have a... You actually see their heart pumping. Okay. And the achievement is you have to kill them only shooting their heart with a pistol. That's it. While they're attacking you. And they're not like the big dice where they're slow and they just bump, 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 bump. These are fast and then they do things. They are smart. Their AI is a little bit smarter than you think. Like, you hang up on the skyline. You're like, yeah, you can't get me up here. He jumps up there, grabs it, electrifies it. You get shocked. Fall down. Or you, you jump on the ground he'll jump after you. And it's just... Was, was the game, the older one, harder than, uh, what's that, Jack? Demon Souls or Dark Souls? Is it Dark Souls or Demon Souls? Both are Dark Souls and Demon Souls. So hard. It's this it one takes is forever. no. This one is a, it's a different game because you actually do have respawns and it's not like you, you remember Dark Souls. Yeah, just oh. keep playing the same level until you get to campfire. A million times. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that Dave from Dave and Joel did the Belmont run, which is all I'm going to use is use the fucking whip. Seven thousand hours. He beat it, <laughs> but he like he, he that's his favorite game to play. It's a fun game. It's just that it's ungodly hard. Well, if you want to buy anything or upgrade, you need to keep doing the same level and just hope that you don't and hope, hope that, that you, you don't. Die. Yeah, before you re- get your res- your your death point and get your money back. 
I, I like that mechanic, but um, this game, it's not that hard. It's just it's a little bit more difficult with certain areas, like one of the boss fights, which um, which we kind of talked about a little bit. There's a boss fight, which is... How do I put this nicely? You want to pull your hair out on easy. Okay. On normal, you're like, what the fuck? This is, this is a bitch. And then hard, you're, come fucking on! And then it's 99.9 when you're just like, Oh, yeah, you guys can't see me, but my hands are up in the air. You're just like, yeah, you're just like, just screw it, whatever. just screw it, just whatever. Just, I don't give a fuck. If I die, I die. Just hopefully don't die, because in this game, how you bring, come back, they take your money. It's a, In Nice Time, it's however much to respawn, and in all the other modes, if you die and you have no money, perfectly fine. You know, you'll still come back, but you'll have no bullets, lower health, and everyone who died, who you killed, come back with the same thing. Right. 1999 mode is $100 per respawn. And if you have nothing, yeah. game ends. Start at the beginning. Uh, wherever you save last. It's right. auto-save. And sometimes it's the worst fucking spots ever. Because uh, you'll save in the middle of a firefight, and you're like, yeah, go back to my respawn. And then it's literally, you got a, a motorized patriot coming to kill you. That's this, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain him from Bioshock. But it's just a giant robot with a Gatling gun who the only way to kill him is to shoot his back. And he will not stop. He will not just... Yeah. Everyone else, you can kind of scare with your weapons. Him? Nope. Just keeps coming, keeps coming. But, plus side, you kill him, you get the pepper mill, which is the chain gun. Yeah. So it's... You go for it, you don't go for it. But he's... It's... It's a pretty... It's a, you'll like it. You will definitely like it. <coughs> I love the first one. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I want to get... Uh, the other game I want to get is The Last of Us. Same voice actors. It's... um. Post a pot game, you take care of a little, you take care of a young girl, and stuff happens. Oh, speaking of which, because you don't know about this, Elizabeth is awesome. The AI, because most, you know how most uh, AIs you have, they don't do anything. Yeah. She or they get in your way. She doesn't. She hides from gunfire, and then if you need stuff, she'll chuck stuff at you. Mm-hmm. Like say, hey Booker, uh, more ammo, or hey Booker, here's some health, or hey Booker, here's some salt, or Booker, I'll open up a tear for you. Only problem is that once she uses one, it takes her a while to come back to that one. So you think, okay, she gave me health. Awesome. Uh, I need, I need more health. Fuck. Uh, here's the bullets. Fuck, I need, I need it. Fucking health. Uh, what is that one game where <clears throat> I was gonna rent it? And I heard a lot of bad reviews. It's not like you have a. It's kind of a medieval, medieval times one. It's not like you have a partner, but you have these things called. Clones or spawns or or fairies, like you get three of them. Uh, it sounds familiar. Not too. It's not that old. Like a year ago. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I don't know. What it sounds kind of. Not the cave, is it? No, it's like you. You know, it's your typical. Uh, you know, knight, sword and shield. No, yeah. After dragons, but you have trying to think. companions, but they're. Kind of spawns. They're not actually people. No, they're like yeah. And you they always get in your way. Yeah, no. That makes the game bad. Which is I'm trying to think of what game is. I think I know this one you're talking about. Um, if you guys know, email us. Yeah. Because I don't. It's off top Since of my head. This is not live. I'll just do a scan on Wikipedia. Well, I was gonna do. Well, I was gonna do live, but unfortunately, a lot of them are very on a Saturday, especially more the weekend. No one's around. Is it tough to do live podcasts? No, no. We, we, last time we had a lot of stuff. We were good with that. It's just that it's Memorial Day weekend, and unfortunately we're only going to get the crazies from, well, 
Well, it's not like anyone's out playing baseball because it's been raining for five days straight. But that's New York. You gotta think about oh, the yeah. like the like um like Alan uh, or Alan from you know he's from California. He's like, yeah, it's awesome here, man. I'm going out drinking. <laughs> Well, Alan, you're going to be getting drunk with me next in two weeks. What we got? Uh, anime next. But anyway, enough of this. Because we're not here to talk about games. We're here to talk about a movie. A terrible movie. Uh, actually, no. What the fuck am I talking about? It's actually a good movie. It's, One of my favorites. Yes. It's a movie which, surprisingly, was directed by a guy who has no soul. <laughs> Does he have no soul? Well, he's a ginger, isn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, no, no. He's, no he has a soul, but he's... I don't know. His brother doesn't have a soul. <laughs> who isn't in this movie, surprisingly? Clint Howard. We're talking about Ron Howard. Ron Howard. But Clint Howard isn't in this movie. Even as a bit part, I'm surprised. I have to see a picture of Clint Howard. That's cool. It's not jogging my memory. Um, I mean, I could. Uh... This is one of the only partnerships between Ron Howard and George Lucas. I think this is. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. That's his. Clint Howard. That's his baby brother. That's his baby brother? Yep. And why doesn't he put him in his movies? He's always in Adam Sandler movies. No, he, no he's put in every one of his movies. Really? Just not this one. He's not in the Da Vinci Code. Maybe he is. Maybe he's in the background. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, look at his IMDb. Let's see, let's see, Clint, let's see Ron Howard, let's see Clint Howard's IMDb. We are just on there, but, uh, let's see Ron Howard. Relatives. 59. Okay. And brother's 53, and he looks like a fucking troll. <laughs> it's not very nice. Look at. Alright. <laughs> He's not the most handsome guy. Actually, you know what? I bet he was one of the trolls. Fantastic. Okay, I think we actually. There's one thing that's true this movie. <laughs> Are we going to review this one? It's there's only one reason. Oh, why. UA Bull. <laughs> the minute I saw it, I was like, it's UA Bull. I might actually have to, have to actually review this to just. Why does he get to make movies? Okay. I think he has blackmail material on every single director and every single studio probably. exec possible. He probably just has a folder like saying, "Okay, who do I blackmail today?" By the way, <laughs> I have this video of you having sex with a Indonesian prostitute who's twelve years old. If you don't give me money to make a crappy movie, I will send this to the National Enquirer. Alright, you win. <laughs> you win, you win. What are you making this time? I'm making a sequel to In the Name of the King. I'm uh, making a movie about poop. Yeah, what is it? What's it called? It's called The Poop Salad. Great. Cool. Who's in it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna, I think that guy from Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. I may hire someone else. I don't know yet. Maybe, um, the hell's his name? The Rope. <laughs> yes, I will, I will call Tommy Rousseau. We'll combine our forces. Make the best movie. Maybe we'll change the title to Poop Roller Coaster instead. Poop Salad. A poop, a, a poop Roller Coaster 2. And then we make a sequel. And then another sequel. And it'll be better and better. Or maybe I'll take a nap. I don't know, but he, but Ron Howard, in order to make this movie, he had to combine forces with someone. So with their powers combined, they became Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, 
They combined it was George Lucas. Yeah. I think this was before he went crazy, or is this during the... This is after Return of the Jedi, so he's probably on his way in the beginning, like, of his opening his cult of George Lucas. Yeah. But someone convinced him to say, like, hey, George, just just do the story. That's it. Let Ron direct it. Okay, fine. Yeah, and he's... He's like, okay, I wrote the story, and originally Steven Spielberg was going to be the director, but he's like, ah, oh, let Ron Howard, I like him. I liked him on, on on Andy Griffith's show. And Ron Howard did a great job, in my opinion. I mean, there's some, yeah, it's in the 80s, there's some cheesy elements, but it's a pretty awesome movie. It is, surprisingly, for a film which got nominated for two Razzies, it's a very, it's a very good film. And surprisingly, you know, you had a lot of great talent in this. It's Lucasfilm. It was released by MGM, and you know it made you know the budget was thirty five and it made fifty seven. So yeah, it made its money. Yeah, plus a little extra. So we'll say a sleeper. That's a sleeper hit, I think. Good actors. I remember seeing previews when I was a kid, so it's not like yeah, no, we have that it wasn't uh, advertised. And we have some pretty good actors. I mean, for the most part, a lot of the actors are all. Um, how do we say this politically correct? No, well, I mean, uh, Burrowcut was fat. Well, he's passed away now. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Oh, the actors now or the actors then? Maybe now and then. Oh, politically correct. Yeah, I know what you're talking Yeah. I thought you meant you didn't want to talk about Val Kilmer being really fat. No, 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 no. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, uh, that's, we're going to, we're going to talk about him in a bit. We're going to, and, you know, he, he, he probably, he won't even do, he's like, is, is this podcast about Coke? <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. <laughs> They're talking about you, though. Fuck that. Where's, fuck that. I need a hundred dollar bill to sort cook out. I, I guess you would say that they're dwarves. Yeah, dwarves, midgets, midgets little people. Little people might be derogatory. Yeah. They are They are all fine actors. They're all yeah. good actors, even though they a lot of them in typecast do dumb roles or this, that. They're all good actors. It's just... Well, and you have a village of... Yeah. Small people. Yeah, you need a group of them. I mean, you got a lot of them. A lot of them have worked together before in things like Time Bandits and um, Troll Two, Troll Two, Troll One. There's a bunch. I'm not going through IMDb, but I mean, you have Tony Cox from Bad Santa. Oh, the one with Chevy, Chevy Chase. I remember. Yep. You're gonna have uh, Mark Northover, who plays everyone's favorite character. Who? Yes, he's done a couple things. You have Phil Vandekaro. Everyone knows him because of his epic mustache. And he plays Von Karn. Yes, and then you have David That's J. Warrior. Steinberg, who I remember from an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And in this, he's Miyash. He's not the strongest actor, but he's He's, 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 he's got heart. He's, good. he's got heart. <laughs> he's, he's the Tim Tebow yeah. of midget actors. He is. And then, not the best, but he's got heart. Yes, he is. And then you got, surprisingly, Kevin Pollock and Rick Overton. Doing comic yeah. relief, and they're CG'd in, or no, they're green screened in. They're green screened in, yeah. yeah. And it's 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 not the brownies. Yep. And some of you are wondering, what the fuck is a brownies? Well, I mean, you could say that the chocolate. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're not chocolate confectionaries. They're uh, it's a term. It's a I think it's a, a Swedish term or nor or nether a term for the Netherlands for a, for a fay for a specific type of fay. Essentially, fixies. Yeah, they're they're pixies without wings, and they're mischief makers, steal your shit. Um, I could look at one of the Brian Fraub books I own, but nah. And they're the size of cricket. Yes, they are, and they're very douchey. <laughs> you have um, Maria Holvo, who 
Sherlandria, yeah. Yeah, she did good with that. You have Gavin O'Helly. Oh, she she's kind of like the uh, compare it to something mm-hmm. modern like Lord of the Rings. She would be she's Galadriel, Kate, uh, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Yeah. yeah, she's she's Kate Blanchett definitely. I mean, you have um, like Gavin O'Helly, Herlo. He is the you say he's the best friend or he's more of the the his Eric. Yeah, he's kind of like the estranged best friend because yeah, because Mad Morgan and Mad Morgan were were, were soldiers together, soldiers. and we know a little bit about his history. Apparently, in the novelization, they say more that he was a deserter. Yeah, so Mad Morgan left the army, and and he didn't because he's just a mercenary and he's yeah. after himself. And Eric was became a commander. Yes, and he has some of the choice lines. Then, then you have Pat Roach, surprisingly in a speaking role, which is weird, because generally he just grunts and yells, and this he actually carries a big dialogue for a big chunk of the movie. He plays the chief lieutenant to our villain, who we'll get to in a moment, and he does a pretty good job as it. Yeah. Even though you don't see his face for most of it with that, yeah. that mask. With creepy skull mask. Yes. And then you have Billy Barty. Then you got Billy Barty, who he just, he's having fun. He's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was... Oh, you want me to play Crazy Wizard? Cool. Great. Cool. Give me some shots. Because I'm pretty sure he was drunk through half this movie. He's like... Because ah. he has that, that twitchy eye and, you know, and also... Or he's an amazing man. Could be both. Yeah, it could be both. Then you have uh, Patricia Hayes, who for the most part did a lot of ADR on this movie. She did a lot of voice work until the end, and she's... Well, she was an animal. And she was... In her first human scene, she's naked. Yes. And it's something you don't really want to see. Something like a naked older lady to get you ripped up. Yes, I mean, but then on the other hand, you had her counterpart, Jean Marsh, who steals the show. But I always wonder, why the fuck is she wearing mummy robe? Mummy yeah, robe? She she's like a mummer. Like, what the fuck? I'm expecting her to be like, ancient spirits of evil. Cried to me. I forgot the fucking the, the joke, but you don't know what it is. The mummra, the ever living. And she did a good job as Babmora. She stole the show. And then you have Joanne Wally, who was Val Kilmer's wife for yep. a short period, and then divorced, but she plays Sorsha, the love interest to Val Kilmer. Yes, and for the majority of the film, she's actually an antagonist. She's the bad guy, and then she becomes a good guy. Even though she pretty much, well, meaning someone says, oh, it could be that they, they were, you know, that he raped her. Nah, she just needs some sweet love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all she needs. And then, as we've been talking, we have Val Kilmer. That's Mad Morgan. He's crazy as all fuck. Mm-hmm. And then, of it's, course... He's amazing in this. No, he's good, and I love how the character works, and he... Well... I'm the greatest swordsman ever lived. He is the greatest swordsman ever lived, but he also, he has this, this nice story arc up there. He's disgraced, and he says he's dishonorable, but he has that, you know, he has the, the honor to him. The humanian. And then you have the main character who, surprisingly, he did... An amazing job in it. I like. Well, we'll get into this in a moment, but and it's it's the main character, particular character, Willow. Willow of good, played by Warwick Davis, who some of you may know from Return of the Jedi, Leprechaun, yeah. Doctor Who. Um, he's a lot of those. He has a mask on. So you see him. He's he's in tons of other films. HBO's new show, Life is Short. Yep, and he's he's a very. And this movie shows that he's an actor. He's a very good actor. And I love the fact that this movie gives him the opportunity to be... He's a father figure. 
It's the first time you see him. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm just a midget who no one's ever going to love. It's literally, he has he has a life. He's actually a good father, a good husband, even though Burglecut's trying to steal his shit. Burglecut's trying to plant his fields. That could go real. And, and the thing is, the way it's, that sounds, it could go one of many, two different. Oh, yes. Yes. But he is actually trying to steal his life. Yes, because he's just a greedy, fat fuck. But. With a huge ass. Yes. And he's a magnet for bird shit. Yes. <laughs> in, the, in the agreement. But it's Willow. Um, this movie's a sword and sorcery adventure, which you could compare to Lord of the Rings or even Fire and Ice by Ralph, uh, by, uh, Ralph Bakshi. It takes place in a mythical world um, with a lot of unusual names, which are Scottish, I think, or Irish. What would you say? Oh, uh, about Nordic? I don't know, I would say Nordic, maybe. Yeah, Nordic, so we could say it's the Norse, and, um... What would you say, um, if you had to describe the plot of the movie? Well, the plot of the movie is that, um... There's this evil queen, Balmorda, who... Pretty much is, is all-powerful sorceress, and it's not that her army is really much bigger at all than the... the yeah. General human armies. It's just that she's she's she's, she's all powerful. She's their MAD. She's their weapon of yeah. She, yes. WMD. She's your weapon of mass destruction. She's unstoppable, and uh, for the most part, it's a peaceful land. But with she's, her yeah. arrival, everything's in upheaval, and there's uh, you know there's it's yeah. a fantasy world of fairies and. Yeah. Brownies and little people and humans. And people think, oh God, and life now sucks. everyone's warring because of her. Yes. And I love that the title word, it says, in a time of dread. Yes. It's not in a time of evil, in a time of dark. No, in a time of dread. Yeah. And it's pretty much that there's a prophecy. Like in all good good movies, there's some sort of prophecy saying this, that, and the other thing. But this says there's a child that's going to be born that's going to lead to her downfall. And so, like most good rulers, you could say King Minos did this, you could say the guy, uh, Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones does this. Pretty much it says, kill every female child that's yeah. born, or or make sure I can find her to kill her myself. Yeah. Because she has a birthmark on her arm. Of a rune. Which shows that this is the one. So she's inspecting all the girls and telling Yes, and once they find, when the little girl is born... The mother actually convinces the wet nurse, look, just t- the midwife, take her, protect her, please. You, this is madness. And the midwife does do that. She runs off. She gets to a pretty much a river. How long do you think they were traveling for? Uh, well, that's through the opening sequence. It's got to be days because you have to see them with uh, fires going. Yeah, but she also, the, but the, uh, the baby, Eladora, ages dramatically. Oh, so it's, it must... It's gotta be months at least. Well, she gets... Yeah, she gets hair. It's has to be months, yeah. Yeah. And then she gets to a point where it puts her in a, in a river. Yeah, to save her life from these pig-dog things. she gets eaten. Yep. And she's rescued by... Well, not rescued. She's found by two little kids. Who I'm pretty sure are like two and three years old and just dubbed over. Yeah, maybe. Uh, unless they were actually little people kids. I don't know. They were young. I mean, they were really young. At most, they were five or six. But they were adorable. There are two kids who find him, and they say, Daddy, Daddy, look what we found. And he's like... And it's Rannon and... It's Rannon and... Uh, They're Warwick Davis's kids, the Willow Upkins' children. 
Yes, uh, and... The wife is Kaya, ran in there. Anyway, they're the Bobbins. Calls his children the Bobbins. Yes. They're, yes, but he loves them to death, and he thinks, he sees this little baby, and he's like, no, I don't want anything to do with it, we're getting into trouble, we're Nelwins. Because it's a Daikini baby. Yes. It's all person. Yeah, they they call themselves Nelwins, Daikinis are the big people, and he's like, no, we can't do this, and then after a minute of, no, 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 his wife puts her in her arms, and suddenly it's like, aww, she's she's the center of his universe. So, awesome party scene. Yeah, so you get introduced to the life of, uh, of the Alwyn village, and yeah. having a party, and then it gets found out that they have a Daikini child, so they bring her to the town council. Yes, and they send him, and they say, okay, you gotta get rid of this child, the bones speak that you have to take him to the crossroads, give him to the first human, the first Delwyn you find, you come home, and the and we're gonna set a party with you, we'll off good to protect you, and it's with Town's greatest warrior, his best friend, and then Burka as the boss. And um, from there, then they they travel and they get to the what are they, the crossroads. crossroads, yeah, where they find Val Kilmer, Mad Morgan, in a crow in a crow's cage, stuck in a crow's cage for his wrongdoings. And Burgelcut and Vonkar and the others say, "Great, we found a Daikini. Let's give the yeah. baby to him." Willow says no, but then eventually he convinces him, but then... Yeah, so everyone leaves except for Migosh and Willow, and they stay to hopefully find someone else. Yeah, but they don't, and then they eventually realize he might be a good parent. They let him go. They give it to... They let. They release Mad Morgan, give him the child. They go off. They think, we'll be fine. We'll be heroes. We'll get a medal. Migosh and Willow are going home, and then what do they see? They see a bird flying with the baby. How the fuck this happens? And then Kevin Pollock is flying a bird. Yes. <laughs> the Brownies stole the baby because she's prophesied, and Willow gets recruited by the Brownies, and the, the I'd say the Fairy Queen yeah. tells him that Alora Gannon is the baby, and she's chosen yep. Willow well, to be her protector, so he can't leave her. Yes, so she has to go protect him, find Mad Morgan to protect him, because he's kind of, he's a from what we learned earlier, he's a budding sorcerer. He wants to be a sorcerer, but he has Willow. no confidence. Willow, Willow has no confidence. Like, there was a test earlier, and he failed because he was... Didn't go with his head. Yeah, and now he's learning. And she and uh, Chalindra gives him her staff to to give to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of handing off in this movie, I think. It's like, hand him well, off Willow's to Willow Willow has to protect the baby and learn how to be a sorcerer and save this older sorcerer, who's the only one who can help defeat that who's been exiled to some island. And Mad Morgan. And he has to recruit Mad Morgan to help. Who is getting drunk and doing dumb things. And sleeping around. And, and cross-dressing. Yeah, and cross-dressing and doing all those things. Yes, but it leads Probably to... Probably the same things of why he got into the cross Yes, but, the, but it leads to some great chase sequences. You have the Queen's daughter, Sorka, and her top minion, General Kale, after them. A lot of stuff happens involving trolls and, uh, I forgot what the term... Double two-headed dragon. Yeah, which was made by an accident. Yeah. I just, that's one of my favorite scenes, though, is when, they, when you see, like, he backs up, he's like, shit! And he stops, and the guy next to him's like, huh? And they notice, hey, 
Oh, Val Kilmer runs out and he thinks yes, he's, he's, with he's, his... he's scaring the army off just by himself and he turns around there's a giant two-headed monster. And then he runs back, he's like, I'm with my bros, we're fine, we're fine. No, you're not, you're now your bros. That's a disgusting scene, like, Willow throws an acorn at the troll. Yep. But it misses. So he th- he points the wand at him and he doesn't really know what spell he casts on him. And then the troll turns into a ball of slimy crap. That becomes the that, two-head yeah, heads are popping out, and then Willow kicks it into them. Yeah, like, and then it becomes a bigger and fire-breathing dragon, and then that gets into weird, because you have the trolls running around, who look like, um, the, that one baboon creature from Land of the Lost. Yeah. Look kind of like that. What are those called? Oh, it's, no, sea stacks? No, those yeah. Are, yeah, the, oh, no, those are the lizards. The other ones, though, the, 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 from Land of the but they look like that. They look like they just, hey, we'll just... They're like spider monkey... Spider monkeys with the size of a regular crow. Yes, and uh, they, for the most part, are... They kick his ass. For the most part, he's... Oh, yeah. Help me! Help me, Matt Morgan! Help me! I'll be there in a second. I'm macking on the, the queen's <laughs> the queen's wife because uh, the brownies splashed me with some love dust. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but then... And a lot of other stuff happens. We're not going to spoil all of it. We That's why we're jumping around a little bit because it's a movie to worth watching, I think. Yeah, it's very... It's very... Highly recommend it. It is worth watching, and uh, it's a really good movie. There's a lot of dynamics, and you know Val Kilmer is given the opportunity. You know he's kind of a scoundrel, like Harrison Ford's character in Star Wars. Yeah. And he has a lot of talent, but he's not using it. He has the opportunity to you know show his human side, where oh, I do care about this little guy Willow and his child, and I do want to save them and help fight the evil queen, even though I'm a deserter from the army. Yeah, and I like the fact that there's a scene when he's gonna desert them, and he like looks and at the at, at Eladora, the little girl, and he's kind of like, he falls in love with the little. Yeah, girl. he's like, I can't leave her, but then he's like, I got, I got to be a dick about it. Oh wait, they're going. Yeah, yeah, you just follow me to the river. Yeah, yeah, no more. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, I'll protect her. And everyone has a character arc in this, which I like. Uh, I mean, you have Willow's character arc, getting his self assurance, and still he's wants to go home to his family and. He has that. Matt Morgan to self-redemption from his disgraced past to becoming potential king. You have Sorka who goes from obedient daughter to questioning daughter to whatever. You have Batmora just, I'm the evil queen I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> well, you have Roselle learning that she's old now and she's been in exile for so long. Yeah. Maybe she can't do what fight Batmora because and uh, well, speaking of that, since it's ten year rule, we can spoil a bit. One thing about that fight at the end, the, the the wizard fight, compared to some of the others ones, should been around like the Lord of the Rings ones and all of the other ones. Well, I mean, for the time, I think I think it's great. I mean, I wasn't disappointed in it. You have it's a little silly, but yeah, the whole movie's silly. It's like yeah. the silly things that Willow's fighting it. Uh, 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 yeah, the pot, kind <laughs> of a, a walking pot, because uh, magic spell goes stray and turns this pot into like a monster so he's fighting this you know, like sacrificial thing just pot running around chasing him and then you have the two sorcerers fighting each other yeah going back and forth going and back, back and, and forth. forth and then I, I just love that they're it's like the using match using match using match and then Finn Rizal just pulls her arm back and cold cocks oh, yeah. her in the face and then she goes down and you think oh she's she's down she's down no it's the typical Rah! but for you know I mean that it's not a bad fight, but 
for all of that part is the, the best conclusion is the Val Kilmer fight. Oh, tail. yeah. That's the good one. That's the one you're yeah, where waiting he, for. Yeah, where he uses the, the broken sword of uh, Eric. Yeah. And then Kale's sword. I, I, I like that. That It was a good fight and it was... Uh, and at first you think, oh, it's dead. Oh, he, he knocked him down. No, he didn't knock him down. He comes back up. And then it's better than some of the other fights I've seen in some of the other other fancy films. Yeah, and you got to figure this is 88. So this is 12, 25 years ago. Yeah. And this is kind of at the beginning of uh, this film CGI. They did a pretty awesome job. No, they did a great job with it. I think there were miniatures involved for some of the scenes. Yeah. I... I have to admit that there were so many good things about it. And there's a lot of great shots in it. And some of the shots do remind you of earlier LucasArts films, like the opening scene where Eladora, when her little fake raft, which uh, the nursemaid conveniently found, hit something. She's looking up, and that scene looks exactly like Indiana Jones and yeah. the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it just looks up. And I'm sure there's a lot from this movie that other filmmakers have used. And maybe Lord of the Rings even. You know, oh, yeah. Jackson took some stuff. It's a, it's a really good movie. The fight scenes are good. Uh, it's exciting and it's and it's silly at times because you know, let's say when Willow and Mad Mardigan get onto the sled, you know, sliding down the mountain, and then all of a sudden Mad Mardigan falls off, and he's rolling down the hill. But when he comes down to the bottom, he's a giant boulder of snow. Yeah. So obviously, it wouldn't happen. That's Ron Howard's little extra whimsicalness, I think, because that's. Pure Ron Howard, and you have some of Lucas's little things here and there, including the Wilhelm scream in two different spots in the movie. Really? You had it when he not, when during the 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 chase sequence uh, on the on the cart. Okay. After they separate the cart, uh, no, after they cut off the uh, after the brownies cut the barrels, mm-hmm. one was ah! yeah. and then one of the guys getting eaten by the dragon does a Wilhelm scream. I've noticed the Wilhelm scream a lot in video games. Yeah, they are, they've added them, too. And then, of course, in The Hobbit, there was a Wilhelm scream, which I was just like, really? Like, really? It's, uh, well, the it's Hobbit. a little tiring. I don't... The Hobbit, we've talked about enough about that, how I felt Did about you do it. I liked The Hobbit. No, I liked it, but I felt that there was a couple things that could have, because them going away from practical effects was an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Still, I think it's, it's, it's good. I loved a lot of it. I had... The one issue I did have was with... I know we're going back to Hobbit again, going back to this. You guys know, whatever. But um, the scene when Frodo first meets Gollum, mm-hmm. they retconned it from the origin, from the one from Lord of the Rings opening, and that drove me up the wall. Same director. It's not like it's a different director, and it's not like, oh, it's different. It's literally like, here's how you portray it here. Yeah. Here's how you portray it here, and it's completely like, this one's like, oh, God, I found a ring. This is, I'm going to watch as he drops the ring. And I'm gonna steal it. It's like, well, this was that was my favorite part. Of the Hobbit. Oh, it's I love the Hobbit. I my favorite um, meeting of Bilbo and Gollum is in the first movie. Yeah, when Gollum looks like he's yeah. ten times as large as Bilbo, and he's just and he's so got those weird. glowing eyes, yeah. which the book describes. Mm-hmm. I wish that that Gollum in the movie had the glowing eyes, but they just they got rid of it. I do like the way well, it's someone done. will remake Lord of the Rings in like twenty ninety. Yeah, I mean we could go back and watch do the the one from the the other one, the rotoscope one. Well, that was uh, that was Ralph Bacci again. Yeah, the Ralph Bacci uh, Lord of the Rings, which was terrible. What year was that? Seventy seven. 
It's, I mean, you it, could go out and film Lord of the Rings if you wanted. It's, yeah. Is it public domain, Tolkien's work, or no? No, it's a state is still there. It's fifty. It's fifty-three. It's a hundred years for. Was it a hundred years or is it seventy years? Someone email us what the what public domain. How long? Uh, I have a book on that. Well, uh, when did Tolkien pass away? Fifty-six. We have Wikipedia. We're not probably, using it. It's probably down. Let's look at Wikipedia because we're on Wikipedia. Now. Anywho, we're rambling. Yes, but Willow is a very good movie. It is a it is and a good I movie. I highly recommend it. Okay, so, and there's if you a, haven't seen it, you know, if you haven't even heard of it. Just, uh, oh yeah, no, we're definitely going to put links on it, and I think I'm going to put it up on our store, www.amazon.com uh, forward slash shops forward slash spark, and I'm going to put up my copy, so you can check that out. There are some, some there's a lot of good scenes in the movie. What, what would you say is your favorite scene from the movie? Oh, my favorite scene, well, there's a lot of them. One is where... Uh, Billy Bordy tells them about the mission and what you have to do, and he gives his speech of the bones. Yep. And he tells them, sets up the movie of what they're doing. That's yep. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, the, I don't know, the, my favorite comedy scene is when Kevin Pollock gets hit with the love dust, and then he falls in the barrel of beer, and then he falls in love with the cat. Yeah. That's pretty good. No, that was, that was a cool scene. Uh, I think, uh, oh. I don't know why, I, because it's it's just the classic scene. I still say, funniest scene I still think is uh, the scene when they're first traveling and well the baby's sick. Oh, yeah. barf all the way. <laughs> he's like he's like ah, oh my gosh, not sick. Let me see, let me see. Fly. Yeah, blur, done. I think that's the funniest scene, but I think best scene though. I'm gonna, I think the pig scene. Yeah, that's really for for, really for cinematic scary, and it's scary and it's it's just it's something you usually wouldn't see and it was done well. Yeah, there's practical effects and it's just it's creepy and nerving and it just adds to it and it's we're not gonna spoil the scene but it's it's a really this menacing scene. You're like, what the fuck's gonna happen here? And it shows bad more it's just she's badass. She's like, oh, she doesn't care. She's like, I don't care. I got my, I got what you I want. And you see how how strong she is. Yeah, she's there's like, an army of several hundred, if not thousands, of people there. And just oh, like just like that. Oh, you're you're done. Yeah, but Willow was. I was surprised Willow. Well, no, she protected her. Uh, she protected yeah, she him. Protected she protected Yeah, so he didn't get. But everyone else got touched. And everyone had to go into the. How long would that have been to be like? You have to all come into the tent one at a time. Be turned back to normal. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're turned normal, you're naked, and you have to find your your clothes. And at this and point, clothes. someone would have noticed instead of that whole thing of like, oh, where did everybody go? How the fuck do you not notice? They're digging fucking ditches. <laughs> you don't know. Um, no, they don't care. Yeah, because they think they won. They're like, yeah, we won. We're good. We did it. We're fine. Okay, okay, Phil. You Let's gonna... go have our weird, <laughs> evil, satanic orgy now. That was a... That ritual was like... It's, was it like nine hours? Like, oh, we have to do this and wrap her up in, in electrical tape and then leave her alone. Yeah, they were taking some chances with that uh, child actor. And I, if I were the... They're twins. If I were the parents of that child actor, I'd be like, this is... It's a little out there for... Because it's creepy. You feel bad for, like, the little baby. Yeah, what you, they're doing. I mean, but, yeah, you feel worse for because they're... I mean, I've like, seen, okay, there's a little child there with three really weird old people surrounding her with knives and blood. And, and cutting off her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and fake and, and fake lightning shooting at her. I think she... I'm surprised she wasn't bawling her head off. Mom, I have this weird dream still. No, no, it's nothing. Funny. No, it's so vivid. This old woman with the blood. No, 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 no. My hair 
You hide the hide. No, the no, that's your college fund. <laughs> Don't worry about that, honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. That dream put you through college. <laughs> that dream put you through college. And and also we have some extra for your wedding too. Uh, um, speaking of uh, visuals, we didn't talk about the audio. This is one of the most prolific soundtracks out there. I've heard it. You constantly hear the Willow theme in trailers, and just it's become the quintessential fantasy theme. It was a great soundtrack. Yeah. Who, who did that? Uh, James Horner. Was, oh, James Horner. Yeah, this is awesome. He, he's still he's still kicking, still doing his stuff. Cause uh, I mean, let's hold on. Let me pull up James Horner's. So you know what? I want to say he did. No, James Horner did Gattaca as well. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did Gattaca. He did the Mask of Zorro. Casper, the Friendly Ghost. He did Die Hard. Ah, Casper, of course. He did. Oh, okay. He is the man. Star Trek Two. He did Wrath of Khan, he did Wolf, and he did Commando. Actually, I'm surprised he did Commando, because all it is is steel drums. Ding, 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 ding. Aliens? Oh, he did Crawl. He did Crawl and Willow. What a guy. I feel bad about that one, though. I just watched Crawl the other night. That has it. That, that's the one thing I... Well, there's a couple things that creep me out about Crawl, but that's, that's the most inappropriate music in time. Like, they're being smushed away! Put on the happy music! <laughs> they're being crushed to death, and it's that triumphant, powerful music. And like... Huh. <laughs> yeah. You but, know the guy who directed Bullet directed Crawl. Peter Weir. Damn. Bullet, the famous, like the greatest. Yeah. Film. Shoot with, 'em up car chase movie from sixties with uh Stephen, Stephen McQueen. McQueen. And then Crawl. Not right after, obviously. A couple years like, later, and and then of course you have the. But it was supposed to be the next big thing. It. It would have been. It's a good. It's a good sci-fi adventure movie, even though it kind of downplays the sci-fi at times. But you have yeah, a lot. Liam yeah, Liam Neeson's in it, and uh, you have a lot of other really good actors in it as background roles. And then you also have some really inventive scenery. And even though the big villain is kind of squishy when you the big reveal, which that was yeah. kind of that was. Well, the big yeah, the villain is just like. I think a Godzilla monster. Like, uh, I think been, I liked it better when you, he really didn't have a form when that was the castle was okay. actually him. I thought that would they should have just but anyway. That's another film. That's a film for another. What else has he done? Oh, Apollo yeah. 13, Robert Jumanji. Sneakers. It's a good. It's an underrated movie. It's a good one. He did Ransom, Braveheart. Really. Braveheart. House of Sand and Fog, The Chum what Scrubber. Well, apparently he works with Ron Howard. And he worked on The Amazing Spider-Man. Which I saw recently. It's interesting. Did you like it? You didn't like it? Compared you to know, the... No, I mean... If you're going to redo Spider-Man a few years after it's done, why don't you just really do a good job? I didn't think it was like... It was like, eh, alright. You thought it was the direction of the actors? Because I thought the actors were good. I thought the acts were good. No, yeah, I just I didn't know what it was. It's just like uh, whatever. It was just uh, there's some director pro there's some directional problems and a lot of the scenes that they took out were kind of necessary because it's like a big point of the film and it was about you know his parents. They took all those scenes out. It's like well, it's like when when you go from the Tim Burton Batman's to Christopher Nolan, they're so different. It's like he yeah. took out the whole 
comic booky thing and went like, oh, alright, this is going to be as if it's in real life. Yeah. And from Tobey Maguire one to this one, which is only a few years later, it was like, uh, it's pretty much the same type of CGI. The only thing is he has cartridges. And it's pretty much going to look sick. Yeah. But it's just different. And also, for some bizarre reason, uh, he has to get his webs from Oscorp. And when that, that, how did they not fucking notice? Oh, we've been, some guys have been ordering all African and there's all over the city. Well, I mean, it's not the actors. They were, the actors are good. No, he, uh, he, I forget the. Andrew, the, Andrew Garfield was Andrew amazing. Andrew Garfield, who was in Boy A, which is an amazing movie. Yeah. He did really good in, uh, this, and he has better chemistry. And what's her face? Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Emma Stone. They have, She's great. They have great chemistry. No, Stansler. We'll, we'll talk about that in the in the Spider-Man when we do that one eventually. We have to go. We should go back to. But long story short, we've talked about all things. Uh, and so, who's your LVP for the movie? My LVP. Your at least again, your least valuable player. Least valuable player. Who's your least oh, valuable act performer? Actually, least valuable performer. You know, I'm gonna have to say as much as I like his character. And I liked him in the movie. I want to say Migash. He he's he's good, but he's just not a good actor. Nah. I'm gonna agree because Migash is he's you know he's he tries, but he's just kind of like he's like the, the body character, but not, he's just not a good actor. He you know they could have taken him out. They could have just they could have put more into him, but they didn't because it seems like more like he was supposed to be there longer. They said yeah, just cut this out. Uh, um, for MVP. Your most valuable performer. My MVP, I want to say Burgocut, but just because I love Burgocut and he's hysterical. So if you watch the movie, you're, you'll love him. But my MVP would be Matt Marty. Uh, I'm gonna go Jean Marsh. She stole yeah. this movie. She was a, she's a yeah. perfect villain. She should be in the top ten because she's just so cruel and evil and just does not give a shit. And she 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 rules and she don't she just if. I know they're making Maleficent with... She's uh, your typical succubus, narcissistic, yeah, egotistical, but, yeah. evil... Bitch. But they're making they're making Maleficent with uh, Angelina Jolie. She would... She is Maleficent, though. She's just that type of bitch character who's just like, Yeah, you pissed me off? Fuck you! I'll use my magic and poof. Now I actually want to see an image of... I know there's JPEGs online. It probably is Rule 34, but... I want to see an image of, or I want to see, I would love to see freaking Soromon versus her, so you'd win <laughs> Christopher Lee versus Jean Marsh in a battle of magic. Jean Marsh. Yeah, because Count Dooku, Christopher Lee loses points. He's just, he's Count Dooku. Um, I, but, uh, special, um, special, um, whatchamacallit, uh, honorary, uh, MVP I'm gonna give to. Probably, um, I'm gonna give it to um, Warwick Davis because he does a really amazing job. This actually showcases him. He's not just I'm the guy in the bear suit. I'm the bad guy in this. This is let's give him a role. Let's have him actually just as a normal person. I mean, yes, he's playing a little. He's playing a uh, Nell Win, but he still it's gives him more. In that world. He's a, he's a normal person. It gives him the whole family dynamic. I mean, I would love to see him do other things, but unfortunately, most directors won't give him the chance to do it. They won't say, "Yeah, you get to you get to be with." Uh, Let's see, someone, like, pick random actress B and then have two kids and, you know, you're going to be the dad. They're not well, gonna... it's not like he's, he's not too young anymore. He's kind of like the Billy Barty now. Yeah, movie. but I mean when he's he was... He's not old, but he's in this. 
He's in his fifties. Late forties or fifties. The new, uh, the new midget actor is the fellow from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, and he's or the guy from In Bruges. Yeah, which oh he I killed a child. <laughs> How the fuck do you? How the fuck do you? You said this? there was gonna be a war between the blacks and the Jews. That was the cocaine. <laughs> Just cocaine. Oh, we we were doing we're doing in Bruges. That's just gonna be us. That should be just us quoting the fucking movie. I fucking hate this business. Well, I went here when I was a child. I thought it was nice. Like you're fucking useless. You're what? Well, no, you're not fucking useless. You're a fucking. You're a fucking inanimate object. You're a fucking inanimate object. I'm sorry. The only thing that's gonna change is you're gonna become an even bigger cunt. You're gonna have more cunt kids. You retract that statement about my cunt fucking kids. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's my fucking kids! Alright, I retract that statement. <laughs> uh, did you see the, the guard? I did see the guard, yeah. I liked it. That's, uh, it I, good. that's, that's, uh. Renick Leeson's the man. It's great. Yeah, no. He's, they're saying he's, he, they want him in, uh, they want him in, not, oh, what is that upcoming movie? I don't remember in a bit, but he's supposed to be in a new movie coming out, and I, I can't wait to see it. He's a great actor. He's awesome. Yes, he is. And the guard wasn't, that wasn't a big budget, really. I mean, no, I mean, you had, yeah, Don, they had big actors. You had Don Cheadle in it as the Maybe, maybe 20, 30 million. Yeah, no, it was done well, and it was, uh, I think it was the same director as who did that other one. Not the, ha it's not Happiness, it's uh, the one with the, the boyfriend and girlfriend who go on a road trip and go on a killing spree. Say, I'll look up later. But yes, because this is tangent galore as usual. But yeah, this is a big tangent galore today. I don't know. Just maybe it's because of the lack of sleep. Maybe it's the meds. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so with that in mind, um, ratings for this movie. Uh, for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating system. Highest being really, really, really fucking cool. Middle of the ground being uh, worth watching a DVD and VHS once. Our lowest being. Protest outside your local red box so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. Um, honestly, I'm gonna give this are really, really, really fucking cool. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it holds, and it holds well. It holds well. That's the big thing. Tops for me as well. Really, really, really fucking cool. Totally worth it. It's totally worth checking out. And I've seen it, who knows, probably 50 times or more. Buy the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. It's... it's it's a fun movie. It's cool. It's fun. And it is one. It's got action. It's got comedy. It's got romance. And it's a nice film which you could show to your kids or your girlfriend or to the elderly, even though they may trip out if they're on their meds and be like, <laughs> "Oh no, the digital people! They're stealing my shoes! They're brownies in my in my cupboard!" Yes, Grandma. Yes, they do. Brownies in your cupboard. Yes, yes, yes. Take her off the Zoloft. <laughs> But uh, I recommend it. It's awesome. Highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, definitely. Yep. So where? Uh. So before I forget. Uh. So remember, you can check uh out anything about Kung Fu and Titties at www.kungfuandtitties.com or josephmcconnell.com for anything by Odie. All this lovely information. Yeah. Anything about uh, my blog is movies, art, video games, backpacking. Um, love, outrageousness, and yeah, it's just my thoughts on various subjects. Yes, and as usual, 
we're going to have the link in the show notes so you can check it out. Uh, um, you know where we are at. We're at www.sparker.com. I'm doing some guest hosts on some of the other podcasts. I'm going to be on AOA where we're supposedly going to be talking about Macross Do You Remember Love and if it really holds up after 30 years. I think it should. Um, we also did our last one, which was finally released, where we reviewed the three noir films, which I still say the second one isn't fucking noir, but Maltese Falcon, Strangers on a Train, and Brick. So check it out there. And, um, I think, oh, no, wait, I know where it's uh, time for. It's time for that one. That only. Dodecahedron! Oh, movie! Yes, the Dodecahedron. Now, the Dodecahedron is a 12 sided object. What we're going to do is Odie is going to roll it, and whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spiker Movie. And this is a giant one. That is the that is the official new one. We also have a, a, a new spinner. So. Ready? Uno. Oops. And it is a 10. A 10. So, in the next episode of the Sparkin, wherever it went, it's somewhere. There it is. Actually, this is a special one because we're actually going to be doing a theme month. What is the theme? The theme is going to be something that is very sad and depressing oh. for some people, but other people love it. It's the month of, well, the month the, of Fiona Apple. I wish it was the month of Fiona Apple. Well, actually, uh, no, no, she's not depressing. The other person's depressing. Um, uh, the one who's like a, a thin as a twig. But we're doing the month of melodies, music, and mostly mercurial protagonists. Uh-huh. Our music month. Our musicals month. We got great titles, I mean, besides Les Mis. We got Idlewild, Singing in the Rain, Repo the Genetic Opera, Grease, Chicago, Moulin Rouge, The Wiz, Tommy, if you've seen that, that movie's awesome. Especially after drinking or other stuff. Which, of course, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, promote. Unless you're watching Kung Fu Titties, then we promote that. Yes, get drunk completely and watch it. I still can't believe I still can't believe when I saw the open bar there. I was like, yeah, (laughs) not open bar, but uh, I saw Barley. Brothers on there too. Yep, Sweeney Todd and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band just to torture people. Uh, Because that movie is terrible. You got some terrible. Tommy is good. I still haven't seen uh, the new. They missed. Um, I've seen the one with uh, Liam Neeson. uh, is it yeah. Um, the last Jeffrey one, Rush. Oh, Jeffrey Rush. Is Liam Neeson Yeah, that's the one with Liam Neeson. From, from 90s. 90s? Yeah, late that's... 90s? Yep, that's... Uh, yeah. This one was... it was. I was dragged to see it. It was actually really good. I mean, I was looking for other musicals. I mean, we could have went all the way back to stuff like The King and I and the actual Wizard of Oz, but I know... Fiddler on the Roof. Well, if I, I know that if I did Wizard of Oz, all the special people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Don't you dare say bad shit about this movie, even though we'd be pointing out and showing the scene where someone hangs himself, which is actually an internet, which isn't really that. Didn't they, written, didn't they take that off? Of, uh, it, yeah, movie flubs. Yeah, it's still off, but you, you'd still find that, that swinging, and you're like, did he kill himself? Did he not? We don't know, but yes, so we got some. Most someone. likely, because back then, movie sets were even more insane. <laughs> Yeah, so or if you really want to hear insane, just listen to the commentary for fucking Apocalypse Now. Oh, jeez. It's crazy. But, um, so I guess that's it for this episode. Um, well, thanks for having me, Zen. This is Odie, and my favorite quote from the film is, The bones say nothing. And this is your host, Zan, for the Spikin movie review, manga review, game review, and the book review, which we finally started. Huzzah. Um, and my favorite quote from Zwillow is going to be, We go that way! <laughs> <laughs>
You're drunk. That way. Catch you guys later. It's been fun.
was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta get that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh-oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. could be found where you'd least expect it. A time when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. A time of great adventure. the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. Alright. Uh, yeah, we're doing a book review and uh, I'll leave it on. I'll just put it... But yes, we're doing book, uh, bo different books. We're doing um, right now, I think we're doing either Neverwhere because I gave a list of books to review and unfortunately one of the ones I picked was picked <laughs> Where do you have time to? Midnight books and play games. And Midnight ships. Oh yeah. Okay. Gotta stay up. Gotta stay up. Gotta stay up. But yes, this one was recommended to me, and I and nice it's artwork. it's great artwork. But read the back and see how subtle it is. Is that the name of Red Sun Awful Rising? Yep. How subtle is that? It's an atheist. Uh, it's essentially an atheist uh, propaganda book. Very subtle. That's how I Yeah. Yeah, I read it and I was ready to throw it again. It was, it was boring. We read that. It's a part of the series? No, it's, it's a standalone. It's weird. It's trippy and bizarre. This is probably going to be the one, uh, well, each each one of us wrote a list. We're reading through all the books, and we're going to just do a massive three-day recording session. Orion Steampunk. It's unlike some of the other ones I've read where the sex is huge and big. This is literally just, it's literally just, oh, and they start, and, they, and then he, he went to her, and then he embraced her. The next morning, yeah. unlike some of those where it gets all hot and heavy, and you're like, this is porn. Mm -hmm. I like it. But yes, we're going to definitely be doing this one. This is, I think, going to be the one we're going to do. There are good ones.
That's a must read. Fiction? Yep. Alright. Like, let me read an excerpt from it to, to give you an example of the writing, the writing quality of Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman when they, they their powers combined. <coughs> uh, the beginning. One last thing. Where the fuck was it? Uh... Okay, um, the whole business with the fossilized dinosaur skeletons was a joke that paleontologists haven't seen yet. This proves two things. Firstly, that God moves in extremely mysterious, not to say circumtuous ways. God does not play dice with the universe. He plays an ineffectual game of his own devising, which may be compared from the perspectives of any of the other players to being involved in an obscure and complex version of poker in a pitch-dark room with blank cards for impotent stakes with a dealer who won't tell you the rules and who smiles all the time. Secondly, the Ursa Libra. The astrological prediction for Libra in the Your Stars Today column of the Ted Field Advisor on the day this history began reads as follows. Libra, you may be feeling run down and always in the same daily round. Home and family matters are illustrated in our hanging fire. Avoid unnecessary risk. A friend is important to you. Shelve major decisions until the way ahead seems clear. You may be vulnerable to a stomach upset today, so avoid salads. Help can come from an unexpected quarter. This is perfectly correct on every count except for the bit about the salads. Okay. Confused? <laughs> yeah. They're very... Uh, the two writers are very crazy. It's about... You finished the book? Oh, yeah. Good. You want? Check it out. I don't. You don't got the time? This no, because I'm going to Florida for work for a few weeks. Maybe when I get back. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting because it's about it's the end times, and Crowley has a mission. He, it's the big one. He's got to make sure the kid gets to the right. You know, the guy go to the right room. And then he gets born. They don't have the Antichrist. Everything will be awesome. And he puts it in the he puts the kid in the wrong room. So someone else, this kid named Timmy, becomes him. He's raised as the Antichrist. He has no powers, and the real Antichrist is just raised by a normal family. Mm-hmm. And then you have his best friend, this, uh, what the hell is the... Oh, I never remember the, the, the angel's name. His best friend's Evangel, I think. But Evangel, who's like his best friend, because they've been around since the beginning. I mean, Crowley was the snake, and the other person was... And Evangel was the bird. And they just, like, they're best friends. They hang out, like, every Tuesday... It's them trying to figure out, do we let the world end? Do we not let the world end? And it's, it's, it's kind of, and also it's cool that the fact that every time Crowley gets in a car, no matter what car it is, he turns on the radio, Queen is always playing. It's pretty, it's a pretty whimsical book. Also, that you got the madness of Terry Pratchett and the genius of Neil Gaiman. Or the other way around. Because they're both geniuses and they're both fucking crazy. It's the only one I wrote to you. Uh, yeah. But they've done other books which we actually... We're gonna review. We're gonna do Neverwhere, which is which was also made into two films and an audio drama. You got, of course, um, we're doing The Hobbit, which you have to do The Hobbit. Uh, we're doing um, you can have it wholesale. Someone said we should do one of the fucking Lovecrafts. I don't know which one. We're probably gonna do. We're gonna release it alphabetical order after our because we have twelve books we're doing. You want in on it? You don't read, have to read. I don't read too many fiction books. Uh, we have. We're also doing a couple of. We're like doing the psychopath test. <laughs> the psychopath. That's an actual. That's a nonfiction. That's a book. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
We're doing a bunch of non. We're doing fiction, yeah, nonfiction, cooking. Them, you know, we're we're doing a couple of biographies, including. Um, we're doing. I think. Almost the. The list is on my iPhone. That's on my iPhone, my Droid. But I don't know where the fuck. I have to run to the little boys. Straight ahead to the left. Well, to the right. I know, I know. Taking forever, buddy. I mean, you have greasy hair, man. Hello. Testing. No, we're just we're just testing. We're probably gonna throw this at the end as a stinger. <laughs> but I mean, he. What happened to him from this movie? I mean, he was. I mean, top secret to Willow, to Dark Knight. You're a troll, though. Don't let him talk to you that way, Burble Cut. Listen here, Runt. Why you're wasting your time here? Your fields aren't getting planted. Think about it. Virgo cut. Oh, You're gonna what? <laughs> Someday, Virgo cut. Someday. Bunker, let's go. Migosh, are you coming? I'm staying. <laughs> Come on, man. Burgle cut. Let me out of here. I'll take care of the baby, I swear. Just let me out of here, please. Bonkart, let me borrow that spear just for a minute. Get, well, at least give me some water. Burgle cut, don't leave me alone with these two. What do we do now, Willow? Well, that was really stupid, Peck. Don't call me a Peck. Oh, I'm sorry. Peck. Peck. You be careful. I am a powerful sorcerer. See this acorn? I'll throw it at you and turn you to stone. Ooh. I'm really scared. No, don't. Don't. There's a, a peck here with an acorn pointed at me. I wouldn't want to waste it. To that crappy movie I saw with him and Cuba Gooding Jr., where they're both mut, they're both smugglers. What the fuck happened to him? Well, he's done some good ones amongst the crap. Deja vu was him. Yeah, deja vu. Uh, just, just bang bang in school. Yeah, he's got to lose the but weight. He's done a ton of crap. Yeah, well, that's always the case with Ghost in the Darkness. Thunderheart is one of my favorites. I still remember that. That was before he got. There's another movie he did that. Well, let's go back to him for a second. He's uh, one of my favorites, but. Uh, doesn't make very good movies anymore. Well, I mean, of course, Doc Holliday and, and Tombstone. Oh, yes. And he's also on a Tenacious D episode. But, uh... The Saint? Oh, yeah. The that Saint was a good movie. Spartan was very good. 
Okay. He was the voice of Kit and Knight Rider, but that was before. Um, he also made the horrible movie with uh, 50 Cent. Yep, he was also in The Love Guru, which would probably be the decline. It just goes downhill. McGruber. Blood Out, I think. Yeah, Blood Out. Yeah. That was not good. And he's going to be in... Uh, oh, he played White Earp in White Earp's Revenge. That's coming out, or it came out already. So he got to play Doc Holliday and White Earp. Yeah. Interesting. Oh... And then Island of Dr. Merle. Well, actually, he's now found out he could probably play fucking Brando instead of just pretending to be him. Because he did he, the. He's one of the greatest movies. What? Which one do you think? Heat? Yeah, Heat. That one, I agree. Uh, yeah, he's just a supporting actor. Oh, he was in Apocalypse now. Holy shit. Wait, he was in The Spy Who Loved Me? No nah, fucking way. I just watched that. The, the f- long career of Who the fuck was he in Spy Who Loved Me? Extra number two. Uh, probably. Yeah, I went through all the, the Bond films that I own, which is 14. I will say, all the Bonds have their pluses and minuses, even Lazenby. But. Yeah, that was a good streak he had. The Doors, Thunderheart. Real genius. True romance. Well, Batman. He. Oh, uh, Doctor Moreau was the beginning of the end. For him. No, he had. No, he still had the. He had the same. Yeah, he had some good ones after that. And he was God in the Prince of. Oh, Red Planet. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. He was Martin an Alex- Ash, Wonderland. He was an Alexander. The Missing was a very good movie, but he's barely in that. Doesn't he die in that? No, he just has a really tiny. Then Deja Vu. And then... Meh. And he's doing a lot of voice acting. Alright. Pretty yeah. much any movie that he's in that's somewhat related to Native Americans will be good. Yeah. Any period piece is good that he does. Unless it's in the far-flung future. Or in New Orleans. Yes. Or if there's coke involved. <laughs> or if there's cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I always wanted to make a movie, like a road trip, and it's called I Want to Go See Val Kilmer's Buffalo. And like, I drive out to New Mexico where he lives, mm-hmm. and I just go up to his door and knock on his door and be like, hey man, just want to see your buffalo. <laughs> You're probably like, sure, come he in. has yeah. three buffalo. You'd probably be like, yeah, sure, come in. Yeah, man, all right. Still, I'm now now in the back of my head. I have an idea for the greatest movie ever. But you need Gary Busey, Val Kilmer, and then someone else who destroyed his life. Maybe Nick Nolte. No, Nick Nolte's a drunk. You need someone who's fucking actually crazy. David Lynch. They're... Actually, I'm still surprised his son scared the shit out of him. But that's like someone brilliant. who's out of their mind. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. No, actually. Yeah. But put them together and have them try doing something just like, just turn the camera on, see what the fuck happens. <laughs> okay, your motivation is. Go! Just put some objects in the room for them to talk about. <laughs> just in an enclosed room with random objects. Why are we stuck in here? What are you doing to us? Is this an experiment? 
No, of course not. Okay, talk about the objects. And we've also put in, for every time you talk about an object, you get a bottle of beer and a line of Coke. Val Kilmer's not talking. He's just playing with that string of yarn over there. Gary Busey's talking to his invisible friend and rambling and hugging random things. doing strange arm exercises. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I think we got a good thing. Jack Nicholson's having sex with some girl. How'd she get here? <laughs> we I, I don't know. I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I liked you better when you were just a crate, when you were just a drunk in, uh, in Easy Rider. Or a sadomasochist in Little Shop of Horror. Now look at you. You do dirty comedies and you had sex with old people. Yeah. Well, he is pretty old. Himself. Yeah, well, he also sleeps as well. So let's see how that came out.